You're listening to Do You Hear That? A podcast about birds, hosted by Noah Kalina and Paul Amara. We're bird enthusiasts, not bird experts. I need to tell you about this breakfast burrito I had yesterday. Because yesterday I ordered a breakfast burrito and it was amazing. It's like the best breakfast burrito in L.A., but it costs like literally $30 to get it delivered after like all the fees on Postmates and everything. Like wait, that. wait, so wait, wait, like, Paul, do you hear that? What is that? It's beautiful. Sounds like springtime. Oh man. There's something about that sound, which by the way, Paul, that is the Baltimore Oriole. The Baltimore Oriole. Wait, isn't that a sports team? It is. It sure is. But it is not just a sports team. It is actually a bird. They name their sports team after this bird. Oh, okay. The bird wasn't named after the sports team. What? I'm sorry. A rooster was just uh, (laughs) yelling over there. Yeah, that seems to happen a lot over there. Wow. Okay. So the Baltimore Oriole, not named after the sports team. Are they from Baltimore? Um, No. So... I looked this up because uh, I was curious, like, are they sort of a Maryland bird or something? Which, by the way, they are the state bird of Maryland. Nice. I'm I'm going to freak out on these birds, man. Uh, Not the Baltimore Oriole, my birds. Chickens, yeah. My chickens. Yeah. So the Baltimore Oriole was actually named after Lord Baltimore. Lord Baltimore? And the colors on his coat of arms Whoa. from the 17th century. That's that's a throwback. That's where that comes from. And by the way, we just need to say it because I know listeners love to know the scientific names of these birds. Mm-hmm. And this bird, the Baltimore Oriole, is Icterus gobula. Okay. Play that back on Google. Icterus gobula. Yeah. Yeah, I was right. So the Baltimore Oriole is an amazing bird. When you hear it, you hear that sound. We're hearing it right now. Yeah. You know something special is in the air. You know that there is something happening. A bird that uh, somewhat, I mean, the Baltimore Oriole is not uncommon, Mm. but I feel like it's not that common. I certainly don't see it very often. Mm -hmm. It definitely comes through in the spring, but I think it prefers a specific type of habitat, which isn't really necessarily my property. Mm. So the times where I've seen it the most is down by the river in the early spring. Mm -hmm. I see them a lot, but because I do have apple blossoms in the early spring, I will see them occasionally come through and hang out in my orchard. That's cool. When you do see one of these birds, you're like, whoa, what is that? I got to find out what that is. And Paul, can you explain what this bird looks like? Yeah, this bird is a really striking bird. And not only just because of its color, but the silhouette of this bird is kind of unlike any bird that we've noticed. Or maybe it's just this picture I'm seeing. I'm seeing this really sleek looking bird. It's sort of sitting squatly on a branch. But just the silhouette of it, it's so perfectly aerodynamic. Like It has this long pointy beak Mm, yeah i can't pinpoint any other bird we've talked about so far that has a beak that looks quite like this it's like more pointy and longer than like a cardinal right cardinals have that very 
triangular like seed pecking beak yeah that's what they describe it as but this is more like a pair of needle nose pliers oh which we'll get to in a second because i think it uses its beak strategically to build its nest which is a whole nother thing but let's let's get back to the the identification the colors here the male baltimore oriole is black on top it has a totally black head black back and then right around its sort of bib or neck area there's like a border that separates the black from this brilliant orange i'd say it's a little brighter Hmm. than a robin orange it's something like a creamsicle it's like a creamsicle orange yeah its wings have black and white on them so we have three colors working together here there's black the orange and the white and it's really got like a halloween kind of vibe it's just it's a really attractive bird the female is a little different It, it almost looks like a totally different species of bird. yeah i mean good. yeah for sure the silhouette is still very similar very baltimore oriole but the color is much more muted almost mustardy yellow hmm. this picture here there's like a slight bit of orange on the chest yeah but for the most part it's a more muted brownish yellow dark yellow kind of definitely and then they have like similar wings are black and white with these sort of stripes on them I think you've said this in a previous episode, but if you were to look at the male and the female in a black and white photograph, you probably wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's mainly because of the black on the male on the head. Yeah, yeah on but the, head. the most the silhouette is mostly the same. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never seen the female Baltimore Oriole. Hmm. I've only been able to spot the male. So, you know, that's just. Um, they're both really, really pretty birds. And one thing in my research of this bird, I noticed people are putting out oranges cut in half. Yes. The Baltimore Oriole likes to feed on. People love to say that this is something you should do. I haven't seen this on any other bird we've talked about. Right. Is it only the Baltimore Oriole who's into the orange? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm looking at, because on All About Birds, they'll sometimes say, like, compare with similar species. And an oriole is a type of bird, right? So there's the orchard oriole, there's the bullocks oriole. Mm-hmm. They all have that similar beak, that needle nose plier type of beak. Right. You know, that's just like kind of that their brand of bird. Whoa. But just back to the orange thing, because people always say, oh, cut an orange and hang it and you'll attract them. So I've done this and never, ever has that worked. It's just like, it's total nonsense. And But I will say, maybe because I live more in the country, when I do something like that, it attracts squirrels and every other thing you do not want to have, like attacking food right. in the open will right. come to it. Yeah. So I've never seen it actually work. I see. But, you know, I, I'm sure it does if yeah. you, you know, if you live in the suburbs or something. So I was watching a bunch of TikToks about this bird because, you know, I, I, we've we've been referencing the allaboutbirds.org and Wikipedia and they, they have good information. But I was sort of like, what are people saying about the Baltimore Oriole? Like, you want to go to a place where it's like pure disinformation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so put just, it in line with this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I noticed, a recurring theme on TikTok for the Baltimore Oriole birds there was a lot of baseball stuff which i had to skip past 
but everyone was excited that they were coming back oh wow everyone's like the baltimore oriole is coming back they're back they're here and for season or like they were sort of declining i think it's the season i think that this bird migrates yeah it's definitely a migratory bird and i guess people just get excited when it comes back and everyone's putting out their oranges there was one video of a guy that literally you can't make this up this guy was wearing a baltimore oriole bird sweatshirt with like this beautiful print and then he was holding a female baltimore oriole and he was tagging it and in that video actually i learned that there's a government agency that is in charge of tagging birds so you know how like all this information about the oldest birds and the banding of birds apparently there's a government sanction how do we get a job doing this that does make you think about the government it's like where are your priorities but also like that is sort of a wait wait are you saying this isn't a good priority or this is a bad priority you know, I'm really torn here because I'm into bird. Like, I think nature conservation is important, but... This is exactly the kind of thing that government should spend its money on. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. This and NASA. I mean, the government can do incredible things. Yeah. I mean, it has unlimited money. Yeah. We just happen to spend it on terrible things. No, you're right. You're right. We need more bird conservation. Yeah. Nature, anything like this. In fact, I'm going to look up how to get that job because... Yeah, look it up. We need... Maybe a full-time birding job. Yeah, maybe you could intern there. I don't know, because I, I have a feeling that would be unpaid. I, <laughs> I'm only interested in paid work, and it's the government. Like I said, they have literally unlimited money. You're so right. They just print more money. Before we get further into this tangent on the government, we need to talk about their nests. Oh, yes, definitely. So in the past, you know, we've talked about the nests of birds, and, and I've really been thinking about it, like... Every bird has its own little quirks and characteristics and everything like that. And and the way they look, the way they sound, mm. those are things that, you know, maybe they can't control. I think that the way they sound, maybe it's because they don't want to sound like another bird, you know, like, oh, this call's already been taken. You know, the cardinal's got its thing, like the indigo bunting's got its thing. So they're stuck in these little ruts, like the Baltimore Oriole can't just start making up a new sound, you know, and it can't really change how it looks i mean i know it will molt or maybe like evolve in some way or something like that but you know the the sounds are sort of stuck in place and so are the colors of the birds the nests are the one thing that they have control over and every bird could create the same kind of nest but not every bird makes the same kind of nest and this nest blew my mind because it literally looks like a hanging basketball net yeah they describe it as a sock-like hanging nest that seems impossible to build, especially when you don't have arms. Like this bird uses its little pokey beak and hangs up like just strands, like thin strands of things. Maybe it's like- Everyone at home needs to Google Baltimore Oriole nest to get a look at this thing. It is incredible. It actually almost, it kind of reminds me of if you were to Take a baseball apart. Okay. Take yeah. the leather off of a baseball. Mm-hmm. And you get all the strands of twine or whatever. Kind of looks like that. And that, and it's caught up and hanging in a tree. It looks like it shouldn't be there. But then you read into it and you realize it's so meticulously built. By the female. Yeah, by the female. And this was interesting. It says that sometimes the male will help bring supplies. Right. But it will never help build the nest. Which is a... Major theme we've been noticing. Yeah. The females are the ones that build the nest. They are the nurturers. They're creating the home. They're the homemaker. Yeah. And the male is out there, 
eating berries and, and being a dick. Yeah, being a dick. But this nest looks like something's been caught in a tree. Like it almost yeah. looks like a balloon was flying up and then popped yeah. in a tree and it's hanging down. I think from far away, you might confuse this with, we see this a lot in the Northeast, these tent caterpillars. They build these disgusting webs in trees and they just look scary and ominous and they're all over trees. Caterpillars? Yeah, they're called tent caterpillars. Whoa. And over the past couple of years, we've had them a lot, but I think it comes in cycles. So far this year, I haven't seen any, which I'm so happy about because they totally just take over branches of trees and eat all the leaves and they don't kill the tree, but it looks really disgusting. And it, it looks like it could kill a tree. Wow. I, and I'm sure certain ones it might. But yeah, anyway, like I've never seen a Baltimore Oriole nest, but maybe I was thinking it was just a 10 caterpillar web thing. And it was really just a Baltimore Oriole nest. Or a beehive. It kind of looks like a beehive. For sure. It's so cool. I'm going to be on the lookout for one of these. I think they build them up really high. Right. So you might have to crane your neck a bit. <laughs> yeah, totally. But just so people can get an idea of what these are made out of, they're made out of grass, strips of grapevine bark, wool, wow. and horse hair. Yes. Or other artificial fibers like cellophane, twine, or fishing line, which that's interesting. That I feel a little bad about that because those are like... Human things. Pollutants, yeah. Yeah. But hey, they're making it work. Yeah. They will literally hang up these little strands of things and painstakingly poke into them and it just tangles everything up and they become so strong that they can hold up to seven eggs. That's a lot of eggs. It's amazing. And it's hanging. All the weight is on the nest. It's not like it's being supported by anything. Yeah, I'm flipping through photos on Google right now. It's just truly an amazing thing to witness. I didn't know about this nest before an hour ago. Wow. That gives more points to this already very beautiful bird with a very beautiful call. Yeah. I mean, this bird is really on its way to a five-chirp bird. Oh, definitely. I will say it's like there's a lot of surprises that come with birds. Like you see a bird, you're like, cool, there's the bird. And then you look into it and its nest is incredible. Its sound is incredible. Yeah. Its behavior is incredible. Like all these little things, you're just like opening up these doors. I was trying to explain to the Trader Joe's cashier last night why birds were cool. And I feel like I sounded insane. Yeah. But she was like asking me what I was up to. And I was like, I'm doing this bird podcast. And she was like, birds? See, they don't get it. Some people just don't get it. I didn't get it. I was like that. You know, people would talk to me about birds. I'm like, yeah, whatever, right? Whatever, who cares? She sees birds, but she doesn't see the birds. So we got to look at the birds. Yeah, just look. And hearing, that's the gateway mm -hmm. because you hear these sounds. And that's the thing about the Baltimore Oriole. And just earlier this spring, in the beginning of spring, when I was birding a lot, looking for photos, I was down by the river and you'll just hear a sound that you know is unique. Because you hear the same sounds over and over again. You hear that chipping sparrow. You hear the robin. Yeah. You know, you hear the common birds that you just kind of know in your head. The oven bird, of course, right? But then you hear this, this Baltimore Oriole in your own. You might not know what it is, but you know it's something different. Honestly, a lot of these birds I do feel like I've heard before from Michigan. Well, you know, the Baltimore Oriole is in Michigan, absolutely. It breeds It breeds mostly the eastern part of the United States, sort of like that middle eastern part 
up the coast, all the way up through Maine, all the way west, almost to Montana and then up into Canada. And like our grandmothers, there are snowbirds. So when it's too cold, they migrate down and they will hang out Florida, Cuba, Central America, and the top of South America, and which is waited out, you know, because they don't want their bones to break, slip on the ice. I respect it. I like that you said hang out because their nests are literally hanging out. Literally. Perfect. I think the last thing we should mention is the bird is a robin-sized bird. So it's a little bigger than the warblers we've been talking about lately. It's a good-sized bird. It's a healthy bird. When you see it, it's, it's a bird. Yeah. I'm noticing that our episodes are getting longer with every episode because I think we're just getting too into these birds. Same with the audience. I've heard from a few people now, they're like, I wish you just would never stop talking. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) All right, Paul. So it's that time. Let's rate this bird on the world famous five chirp point scale. Yeah. The five chirp point scale. Um, There's no question. Yeah. It's a five. It's a five chirp bird. Yeah. Hands down. Give it up. Chirp it out. Yeah. We're chirping it out. Boom. All right. This was great. I'll see you tomorrow, Paul. See you tomorrow. Do you hear that? Is hosted by Noah Kalina and Paul O'Mara. Edited and engineered by Paul. Music also by Paul. Noah last photographed a Baltimore Oriole on July 3rd, 2022. Follow us on Twitter at TheBestBirdPod and support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash do you hear that. Episode art images sourced from the Library of Congress, ambient bird sounds by Noah Kalina, and additional bird sounds from macaulaylibrary.org. 